1: Yes, yes, welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show, live from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, which today are on the road in Sanibel, Florida. I'm on the Gulf Coast. Producer Joe is back in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios in, in Kirkwood. We have com studios everywhere we may roam. Hello, uh, Producer Joe.
0: Hey, what's up, dude?
1: Well, I, you know, I... I, I I've, I feel like we've got to deliver, and I don't know what I can do differently, but last week we tried to ratchet our games up, and we both went three and four. Good. Then we attempted to give games that uh, we felt passionately about, and you you went with the old four-team teaser, and it did cover. I don't know how many people are willing to or able to get a four-team teaser, but if you did go with producer Joe's four-team teaser of Ohio State, Alabama, Iowa, and Clemson, it covered.
0: Yes, it did, and you know, and they, I, I placed it at one of your sponsors. If that makes you feel any better, so I mean, you went mybookie.ag. I did my bookie. Oh, God uh, bless. They've got 14, 13 pointers, and uh, that's that's where I played it. And so there you go. You can you can. Let your sponsor know, or let your people know that, uh,
1: that you, you delivered. And then you also had Texas against Kansas, not being good. out of town and not paying attention to Kansas football, just kind of in general, I had to look up to see what <laughs> happened on that game, and I see Texas won, but didn't cover it. actually looked like it was somewhat close.
0: Uh, for I a did, Kansas game. Yeah, well, for, for a weekend that was filled with really good games, at least the idea being that, hey, we've got a lot of really good games to watch, uh, I did not watch a second of that game.
1: And, yeah, uh I don't even know if I don't know if it was broadcast anywhere, but closed circuit inside the building. I went with UNLV over on Friday night. That covered Wisconsin straight up. I did really like that, and that covered. My reasoning was sound on it, and the result played out. Alabama, I, again, I wasn't paying attention to it, and I got home uh, from being out to dinner, and I saw Alabama had a thriller. They did, uh, and so did not cover against Stingrays team, uh, although they won. And then Iowa State, I was monitoring because I bet on that during the day. And they were getting six and a half, and of course they lost by seven, which has just been really kind of a theme for me throughout the course of this year. And then I had a three-team teaser on Sunday with the Packers getting points. They won, so that didn't matter. I covered that. Steelers teased, that covered, and then the Cowboys over. And I don't know why I did that, because we both really liked the Falcons, and I don't know why I screwed around with the Falcons-Cowboys over. It was one of those games where we both thought logic dictates the Cowboys are going to win, but subscribing to the NFL bet the opposite when everybody's on one team theory. Mm. The Falcons won and and did so in convincing fashion. So there it is. I'm anxious to hear what your games are outside of the ones that we are picking. I've actually got this set up. I really want to deliver for the audience. I, I, I shouldn't be as bothered by my failure as I am, but I'm truly bothered by it, so I really want to come through this weekend. And we start with a game where we're both on the same page on it, and that's Missouri in Nashville mm-hmm. minus eight and a half against Vanderbilt. We both are on Missouri. How confident, however, are you on uh, Missouri laying the eight and a half?
0: I've watched Vanderbilt play one time this year. Uh, Why? Uh, because they're Georgia. It was. It was when Georgia was in town, and it was. It was really amazing watching the way that the game unfolded because it was just. I, I think Fromm may have thrown the ball four times or five times the entire game. I have to go back and look. It wasn't a whole lot. Because the three guys were just able to run. It was it was Sony Michelle, it was Nick Chubb, it was Swift, and it was just run, 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 run. And Vanderbilt didn't have an answer for them. I think Missouri going to be able to throw all over them if they want to, but I also think they'll be able to run. And uh, you know, you, you have to take a win is a win, and it, you know Missouri is going to end up being bowl eligible. Um, but you know they they're not playing good teams along the way, and so to to look in what. Missouri did last week, and say, "Well, they put up 50 points on Tennessee." Well, Bush Jones lost his job on Monday, or that uh, it's great, and I'm happy that they've turned the season around. But to be able to use past results as an indicator on what you think Missouri is going to be able to do in, in future games, I think is a little bit short sighted. But I do think they cover. I think they'll be able to run and throw. Vanderbilt's defensively is not very good, and offensively they struggle too.
1: Usually, and I may have said this on the air, I may have said on our podcast, but. I I just have such little interest in bowls, and I think my animosity toward bowls is that at times coaches, including Gary Pinkle, a guest of this program, uh, would use getting to a bowl as a way to justify a season, when in in most cases, teams' schedule, back in the day, it used to be your September was your non-conference, now Missouri plays conference games. In September, but uh, you would at least get out of September with three wins, and that means all you have to do is win three games in conference, and all of a sudden that's, well, we went to a bowl. It's a successful season. I just have a real problem with that. And that still, to me, doesn't make the 2017 season a success from a Missouri standpoint. What does make it successful is it could have gone the direction of Florida or the direction of Tennessee or the direction of Arkansas, and it didn't. And not only did it not they're beating the hell out of these teams. I expect them to do the same thing with Vanderbilt, and I expect them to do the same thing with Arkansas next week in what will likely be Brett Beal's final game in Fayetteville. What I am interested in from a bowl standpoint, really for the first time I think since I was a student there in Missouri, got to a bowl and we thought it was the biggest deal in the world when they played in the Holiday Bowl in 1997, I'm anxious to see how they perform against a team that isn't in mail-it-in mode because we haven't seen it since, I guess, Georgia? I mean, do you have to go back that far? Yes. I mean, it was it, it was Idaho, Yukon, uh, Florida, Florida Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of odd because there's like this civil war, in a sense, amongst Missouri fans over debating whether or not this shows Barry Odom's a good coach. And I just, I'm still, the jury's out, but I was, and it's one of the beauties of the podcasting element of both this and TMA. Throughout the course, I just like I'm not happy when coaches get fired after just two years unless there is something just trending completely off the rails. So I like that most likely Barry Odom is going to get another year, but I don't think that what has taken place against Idaho, UConn, Florida, and Tennessee is some kind of vindication for those who think that he is a great coach. But I am anxious to see what happens in late December when they do play. I don't know who it'll be like Iowa State, I don't know who it'll be, Uh, Kansas State. So I expect Missouri to win this game comfortably. If it weren't one of our games, it would be a game I would pick. uh, And I think they'll win it by 25 points. I just don't, and I felt the same way about last week too. It just wasn't very surprising. We disagree on the next one, and I'm surprised by this, but I guess maybe you're just on the anti-Wisconsin train. Um, And that's Michigan at Wisconsin minus seven. I really like Wisconsin here. I really like Wisconsin in a major way. So, talk me out of my play no he, why are you on Michigan in the seven I could be wrong
0: I, I mean it, it, there's a very good chance that I am wrong in fact uh, that no I'm not I'm not on the uh, the, the Wisconsin the, the train and listen there, there's a reason that this is the only top 25 game that we've got this week so usually we have like a we have Missouri and then we have two decent games and when we get to the third game you'll find out how bad the week is that after as good as last week was, this is the only game between two top twenty-five teams, and that's Wisconsin and, and, and against Michigan, who's twenty-four in the in the BCS or the the, the college football playoff. That I I just think it's going to be close, and that's really all it comes down to. Do I think Wisconsin probably wins? Yeah, but I think it will be close. That uh, I like getting the touchdown is what it comes down to. But I also want to see Wisconsin what they're going to do. That they've got a lot of pressure on them. They're still outside the top four, although I think everybody who would look at it and say, well, if they win out, they stay in. But there, it is a pressure game for them. And uh, I, I, I'll i take the points is really what it comes down to.
1: Yeah. i, I You know, last week we talked about teams' motivation. And, um, and I think there's value in that. I also used the, the track record, I suppose, of seeing a team play and have a huge win at home and then go on the road for another big game and then just absolutely – uh, pissed themselves, and we saw that play out with Iowa. Uh, so using the motivation, not only do I think Wisconsin is a better team, but I think they will, if they can, do whatever they can to put up huge points, similar to what they did last week against Iowa. So if people go, well, Wisconsin, Ohio State, not that it would get to that point because they'll mm-hmm. play each other, but uh, you can say, oh, look what we did to Iowa. I would imagine they're going to try and do everything they can to ship them, plus Michigan. You could, if you wanted to, say they could be looking ahead for the thing that could determine really the outcome of their season, which is um, Ohio State. I I think Wisconsin's going to put it on Michigan. I just don't think Michigan's very good, and I think Wisconsin has to win, and not only has to win, but has to win comfortably. So that's where I am
0: on that one. It's funny, your reasoning for that game is one that's going to come up in the next game that we're picking.
1: And I'm all I went back and forth and I filled out our little spreadsheet here and I yeah. didn't it was with was the last cell I entered and that's Virginia Miami and <laughs> Miami has given up 19 points now they did win in Miami last weekend or wherever the hell it is uh, a little north of Miami where they play um, and Virginia beat your Georgia Tech team so I figured that why that was why you're you're going with Cavaliers or at least it plays a role in your thought process
0: no it, it is solely on last week was such a big weekend for Miami and they came out and and, and did what I, I didn't think necessarily possible Um, and they're looking forward to their matchup with Clemson that I, I think this is a game that they can overlook and I think they win but I, I, I look at nearly three touchdowns as being a little bit heavy and uh I, I, I'm just I, there's value in 19 points for me on a on a letdown week afterwards when you know that the entire season comes down for them to the ACC championship game with Clemson.
1: Yeah, and and the, and the, and the fact is, going back to the Wisconsin game, because Clemson and Miami are playing each other, and then the top four really, when it gets down to it, if Wisconsin wins, they're in. So they don't need the style points, but they do have motivation trying to again psychoanalyze 18 to 23 year olds. So with that said. I, I, the the most surprising outcome, like I'm looking at our games last week, Tennessee, Missouri, we were both on Missouri. I think a, I would imagine a lot of people were on Missouri, including Tennessee fans. Georgia and Auburn, we were divided on. Um, I don't think that was anyone where people were going crazy that they loved one or the other. Maybe there were, I don't know. Uh, Notre Dame, Miami, and TCU, Oklahoma. The the result of Notre Dame, Miami, with Miami winning and winning by the margin they did. Doesn't match up from my standpoint with what they have done the vast majority of the season, which is dodge bullets. So if they would have won, that wouldn't have necessarily surprised me, but the manner with which they dominated. And now do you go, okay, this could be similar to what we saw with Clemson last year. Clemson, if you recall, uh, started off really slow, they lost a game. But they also had some near-death experiences, I think, with NC State. And then yes. they lost, if so I'm not mistaken, to Pittsburgh. And then, of course, they just turn it on, and they never turn back, and they beat Alabama. And I could never get it out of my head when trying to judge Clemson what went on in September. So now you go, okay, is Miami now getting their act together? Because I remember on the podcast last week you said you think they're two years away. Mm-hmm. Are they arriving Earlier, they beat the hell out of Virginia Tech. They beat the hell out of Notre Dame. They beat the hell out of Notre Dame worse than they beat Virginia Tech. And are they at that point? So that's where I go back and forth, and that's why this game is so tough for me to pick. And even though Virginia's record is not good, they have played, relatively speaking. They're 6-4. and four. Decently uh, over the last, you know, I mean, like I said, they beat, beat your team that you loved and had covered every game uh, in Georgia Tech. And would they lose by like 17, 16 or something like that? against louisville last week if i'm not mistaken yeah uh so i just i just i can't i can't buy into Miami. i think miami is going to get their asses beaten by clemson um i can't get around that uh so i think miami wins i just don't think they win by 19 i'm gonna go with virginia you're on the who's? i'm on i'm on virginia and i and the 19 points but i really went back and forth on that one james carlton james carlton The name on the James Carlton Agency, a state farm insurance agent with an incredible staff right there in Webster Grove. So when you see all these national advertisements for the people who can supposedly save you money, why not do business with somebody who's local here in the St. Louis area, but also somebody who is committed to giving back to the community. As a matter of fact, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, head on up to the Webster Grove Starbucks between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. And as a way to give back to the community, uh, James is going to pick up the tab. That's what he's going to do. And also on December 16th, he does free gift wrapping. You don't even have to be a customer. And if you come into the office, if, you're, if you if you're can, encouraged to uh, give a donation to Cardinal Glennon. It's a local uh, state farm insurance agency. And it's not just like, oh, he does nice things, so let's make sure that we do business with him. No, 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 no. The Carlton Agency, James Carlton's agency, has achieved the chairman's circle two years in a row. And that's like the Lombardi Trophy of State Farm agents. Only two agencies in the St. Louis area can say that. They're a strong supporter of the local community, as you heard, but they're also going to be able to save you money. Text quote, Q-U-O-T-E, 314 961 4800 and one of his incredible team members will reach out or visit carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, then call James Carlton State Farm. Uh, I, I thought you might go with the Rammies when we when we turned the page to the NFL, but you did not. We're both on the Vikings. What is your reasoning?
0: Uh, there's something that says they're due for a letdown week. And they're now playing against a team that's got a pulse. Um, and, it, you know, they're both, what, seven and two. But... There's something to it that uh, it, it's a it's a more difficult game than they faced. You know what he had last week was the Texans, and you know they're, they're playing without Deshaun Watson. And the week before that was against the Giants, and that uh, they've run into a lot of good luck to get them 2 seven and two. And I think it, they get knocked down a peg this week. I, I think Minnesota's defense will will at least pose a threat to what it is they've been able to do offensively. And I looked at the two as, as being a pretty good value for uh, for the Vikings in, the, in that point. I said I, I'll roll with that. It's not it's not a I feel comfortable betting on Case Keenum, but it's more of a, a team that I'm more comfortable with. And defensively, I think they'll be all right.
1: I am uh, I'm still not on the Rams, and I and I try to take myself out of the. I hate the scum that went on over the last few years in St. Louis, and therefore I'm going to allow it to cloud my judgment on picking a football game because mm-hmm. I was picking them earlier in the year, as a matter of fact. But to me, the Rams are playing the equivalent of Missouri's schedule over the last month. Just like Missouri, however, they're beating the hell out of teams. And Peter King had a great statistic that he tweeted out um, over the last uh, let's see, top two teams in point differential met in the Super Bowl three of the past four years and the top five this year going in uh, reverse order. New England, plus 62. Jacksonville, that's surprising to me. Plus Defense, 92. They're, they're and a, a
0: good th- defensive team.
1: Yeah, but yeah, I just don't think of them putting up yeah. offensive numbers, but again, it's point differential, so uh, they're just holding teams to so low totals. New Orleans, plus 103. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, Philadelphia, plus 104. And then the Rams are number one at plus 134. Um, so... It, it gives credence to what they're doing, but again, it's being done against, with the exception of Jacksonville, uh, teams that are kind of flopping around or just dreadful, and I just can't buy in. Uh, it, so I'm going to go with the Vikings, but here's the thing. Within within the month, the Rams not only play the Vikings, they play – I mean, it's like a playoff schedule. They play mm-hmm. the Vikings, the Saints, and the Eagles. So if they navigate that to the tune of 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh, – as reluctant as most in St. Louis who are even paying attention to this will have will have to be, they'll have to acknowledge this is a damn good team. I'm just not there yet. I mean, Tom Savage, you know, and and Janoris Jenkins out. The New York Giants secondary is depleted, and they just throw all over them I just can't buy in. But at the same time you know, they are beating the hell out of these teams. They're not just getting by. So I, uh, I'll i go with the Vikings, but uh, it's not a game that I would necessarily jump all over. Uh, this is another one that I struggled with, too. Really? And uh, Yeah. It, because, because of, not because of, if this were a college game, I'd be all over the Eagles, but because it's an NFL game, it's the Eagles minus four at the Cowboys. I, I think a lot of people now will be on the Eagles because the public sways so much. For the Cowboys games, if the Cowboys are coming off a win, people are over the Cowboys. If the Cowboys are coming off a loss, they're they're really down on the Cowboys. And so I feel like so many people are going to be on the Eagles that it could wind up somehow being weird, even though based on what we saw from the offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys, in particular the left side, and what we saw um, from their offense last week without Ezekiel Elliott, Logic dictates you go Eagles all day long, and I imagine that's how you came to your conclusion. Is that fair to say, sir? Well,
0: I think it has more to do with the fact that I went five and zero in one of our gambling leagues last week, and in the NFL, and I've just I I pick NFL winners. Apparently, all of a sudden, and I felt good with the Eagles. No, I don't think the Cowboys are good. I mean, that really what it is what it comes down to. And uh, when I was going through, I had some time uh, a few evenings this week to uh, I I went through and, and said. Right, if I had to pick right now, who do I think the two best teams in the NFC are? And I had the Eagles and I had the Saints. I'm not ready. With I'm you. not ready to put the Rams there. It's
1: a call on that too.
0: And so and I did it with the AFC. And I'm putting the Patriots and the Steelers, and I don't feel nearly as good about the Patriots as I do against the Steelers, but I think the Steelers are going to be really good tonight. Um, and it doesn't matter because no one's going to hear this. Uh, yeah, but it's that...
1: always good because then people will listen to it and go, oh, he was right. It gives you more
0: credibility. But, but I, I do. I, I think those are the two best teams in each conference, and that, honestly, it would be a coin flip for me to pick uh, the NFC Championship game if those were the two teams. And if it was indoors, I would be all over the Saints. But I do think that the Eagles will be just fine indoors, but if it's outdoors, I'm all over the Eagles. That I you know, I'll struggle to believe that in, what, late January, that the Saints are going to be able to go on the road in Philadelphia and be able to beat the Eagles. The Eagles are a really good team, and I don't think the Cowboys are very good. And then you take Ezekiel Elliott away from them. And I think last week... You add
1: Jay Ajayi to the Eagles, by the way. They were already a good team without really a great running back.
0: I think I said last week that now with no Ezekiel Elliott, it has to be all about Dak. And Dak is able to... Dak looks a lot better when he doesn't have to be the guy, and there's a most second-year quarterbacks are going to be in that case. Although Carson Wentz, second-year quarterback, looks absolutely fantastic. I love the Eagles.
1: I, I'm going to take the Eagles. It's just one of those games where I'm going, God, somehow this somehow it just it's just one of those games that I, I feel like somehow they won't cover, even though everything that that you look at uh, indicates they would. And like I said, the Eagles have gotten to where they've gotten. With a combination of what Wendell Smallwood, <laughs> uh, with Tony Clement—is that his name? He had, he had two touchdowns out of nowhere in garbage time against the Broncos before their bye week. I think his name's Tony. I could be right, either. It's Clement uh, or Clement. I have no idea. And then uh, with Zach. Derek er- Blunt. Oh. And uh, and now you have now you have a legitimate running back uh, there who was able to. You're sleeping on playbook. Zach Ertz,
0: baby. I mean, and, and
1: you can't forget about uh, him and and um, Yeah, because he's been damn good this year, in addition to Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, And then it seems like Torrey Smith catches a 70-yard ball (laughs) once every two weeks, so maybe that'll happen again. And then finally, this is one where we do disagree, at least out of the games that we're both picking, Falcons and Seahawks. Uh, You're going with the Sea Pigeons. I'm going with the Falcons. What is your reasoning, sir? Uh,
0: It doesn't stand to reason. It's Seahawks minus three for the record. Correct. And it doesn't stand to reason. And losing Richard Sherman, if there's anything that they can afford to lose, I think it's defensive backs. They just somehow breed them in Seattle, and I think they'll be all right there. Um, Matt Ryan's played really well his last three weeks. I saw uh, a tweet earlier this week. What is it? Uh, Football Outsiders or Pro Football whatever. Had him as the best quarterback the last three weeks, and he's he's coming around it's it's not big points and it's not big yards, but I struggle to believe that the Falcons can match back to back weeks and uh i I like the Seahawks now they their offense looks really really odd, and their offensive line not very good that it relies a lot on Russell Wilson being able to scramble and go but i i you're not going to see Adrian Claiborne have six sacks this week it's just not going to happen right. and and uh I do think there's there's a lot of energy to push towards the Falcons there and they're gonna fight through the end of the year, the Falcons to get into the playoffs. And right now, you know, there's wildcard wise, you've got I think they're one of four teams that are sitting at five and four right now. And I don't have any faith on the Packers being able to hold on to get in there. So they're gonna be close. Uh I just think that by the end of the week, Seattle and the Rams are gonna be tied at the top of that division.
1: I hope the Seahawks win because I want to see the Rams out, but I uh, I, I I'm taking the Falcons um, I feel like if there is a matchup to keep an eye on, it depends on his health. But Julio Jones against the depleted secondary of the Seahawks, sons, Richard Sherman, is the matchup to keep an eye on. Uh, and I'm I'm a big believer in in Tevin Campbell. I'm anxious to uh, or Coleman. Uh, I'm anxious to see Tevin how Tevin Campbell he...
0: was a like a 1980s little R&B hip hop guy when you and, and I Tevin were... Campbell. Yes. Uh, I
1: think early 1990s. Yeah. Uh, he would always be in a park, sitting mm-hmm. on a bench. But if that's I'm not where mistaken.
0: Yeah, but that's and another. He is, not, he
1: is not in the NFL. He no, not in the NFL. But he that was not the Atlanta Falcons. Nor is he playing football anywhere, to my knowledge. The, another Evan bad. Coleman, creation. however, will be getting the brunt of the mm-hmm. Falcons' ground game because Devontae Freeman, if I'm not mistaken, is he out? Right?
0: Uh, hurt. I, I don't know if he's out. Uh, I, I, I've traveled all day today, so I haven't looked at Twitter. But uh, I don't know if he's ruled out officially. But I know he is dinged.
1: Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going with the Falcons, and I think this. Uh, perhaps last week will be the turning point where they start playing the way that people expected them to play throughout the course of the year um, by beating the hell out of the Cowboys. Although again, the Cowboys were pretty banged up themselves and/or suspended, as the case might be. All right, locks of the week, and then we'll go into our other games that we uh, feel strongly about. Uh, where are you on your lock of the week this week?
0: Uh, Mine is back to the word motivation. And after uh, being embarrassed last week and really not having anything else left to play for, um, I'm going to be uh, wagering against the Notre Dame fighting Irish, and I'm going to take Navy plus 17 and a half. And their ability to take the ball and keep it for large chunks of time uh, leads itself to being able to cover at least 17 points. So two touchdowns and a field goal. Do I think they went outright? No, but I do think they cover that number.
1: Uh, I love this play. I love this play.
0: Mine? uh, No. You know what? Honestly, when
1: I was going through the games, I thought I I really like producer Joe's play. I I legitimately do, but I was going into my play, but I do legitimately like your play quite a bit. I mean, it seems like Notre Dame... It used to be a running joke growing up in Notre Dame household that they would just beat the hell out of Navy. (laughs) And maybe it's changed and I just haven't paid attention to it. But it seems like Navy either beats them or is right there with them more often than not over the last decade. I'll have to look this up. It just feels that way to me. So Notre Dame coming off that loss and 17.5 points, I agree with you. That's a game I would actually play. But this is the game I love, and I haven't loved a lock like this I don't know. I guess I could scroll through our spreadsheet and see what Gale Missouri uh, the Yukon Missouri under. I just thought that was insane when it was at 79 and a half. Um, <laughs> but I love Ohio State -41. And I know a lot of people are just scared to death when numbers get that high. And usually they only get that high when you're talking about like, you know, the first couple weeks of the season where you have the blood donor games. But this is what Urban Meyer does when he's in this spot You know, on the off chance, I see Charlie Marlowe tweeting scenarios in which Ohio State gets in. Is it
0: happening Um, right now?
1: uh, It could be. I'm not not currently on Twitter. I'm focused on Deegan Presley's comeback. But uh, Charlie uh, believes that Ohio State still could get in, I guess, theoretically, if somehow, you know, I don't know, Alabama. No, here's how it happens.
0: It's not that hard, really. I mean,
1: yeah, if Alabama were to what lose to Auburn and, and then, then Auburn Georgia loses to Georgia and Georgia loses to Georgia Tech, then you have SEC chaos, and
0: and then uh, obviously Clemson loses to Miami, that will kick them out with two losses. Uh, Oklahoma would have to lose the Big Twelve championship game, and Notre, yeah. Notre Dame loses one more game, and Ohio State somehow is walking in as probably the four.
1: Yeah, I think think Ohio State actually might get in ahead of Notre Dame. Whatever. Either way, if they were both in that spot. But either way, I just think... I mean, Illinois is a mess, and I just think they're going to absolutely obliterate them. I mean, they can't get the number high enough. I think I saw this week that this is one of the highest spreads for a conference game in recent history, if not ever. Uh, Although I feel like Missouri teams of the 1980s and 90s had to be in the mix for a few of these when they used to play Nebraska and Oklahoma, and they were just doormats. But... I just think Ohio State does like a 60-plus to like a 15-type deal. I mean, I just this is just – I love this game um, big time. And I actually had a different game as my lock, and then I scrolled through more, and I'm like, oh, my God, I love this. I don't know if the – the number could be 49, and I still might take Ohio State. So I'm all over – It hasn't uh, moved. I mean, if bucket. you're
0: if you're comfortable at 41, it hasn't really moved all that much this week. Um, well, I'm sure people, yeah. with sharp I'm gamblers, scared.
1: don't like to lay those kind of points, and sure. I understand that. If anything, they like giving, are getting. Not even going to touch it, but I just think they're going to absolutely obliterate. It's, a, it's a, one of those rare things. It's like that Alabama game that I talk about each September, where mm-hmm. Nick Saban has like a Kent State or something, and the number is like 49, but he never puts up more than 50 points. And it's kind of like one of those things that if you pay attention to it, it's as good as it gets in gambling because you know it's there. Uh, I feel that same way about this number, and maybe I'll because I've been losing my locks left and right, so who knows? But I love, uh, I love this play. So there is that. What else do you like? Do you have a soccer play that you can wake up with on a? I've got a a few different things.
0: There's, uh, there's three soccer games this weekend. Uh, The one I feel best about is the over of Arsenal and Spurs. That's the early game too. So. Uh, You'll definitely get that in before your college plays. That's over. What was this
1: game? I'm I'm actually typing this out and trying to follow along our
0: random picks. Arsenal and Spurs. That uh, that's a that's a that's a three Uh, over three with Arsenal and Spurs. Um, I like the the, Tottenham Hot Spurs. That is that is. I like the over three and a half of Leicester and Manchester City as well. And the over two and a half of United and Newcastle um and then here's one more if, if anyone makes future plays I've
1: never heard you bet an under on, on any of these for the record
0: uh yeah I, I the ones i don't play are the ones that i feel like could go under i just love going and that's the thing with soccer too you can get a, a late 90th minute goal that means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of it but it helps you push a game over um, what's the newcastle total again two and a half so i got a three a three and a half and a two and a half um i've made one future play uh now that all of the World Cup teams have been identified, and we know who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing. We don't know groups yet, and that, that is why I think you might get a little bit of value in making your plays now just based on teams. The top three are all plus 500. That's Brazil, France, and Germany. I'm staying away from them. And there's a value, I think, in England at plus 1,800 right now. They're the seventh uh, seventh highest number of World Cup odds, and that uh, at, 18, at plus 1,800, I find some value there.
1: All right. England future play is
0: in. Yeah, England future play. And then I've got a few college games and a few NFL games that I'm going to play, uh, whether they're going to be a part of a teaser or not. Um, I like Georgia this week against Kentucky. That's 21. That one will be a part of a teaser. I won't lay the three touchdowns there. I like Georgia Tech uh, laying six against Duke. Duke is terrible. I like West Virginia. I was
1: surprised that number was that low. Yeah.
0: I like, uh, I like West Virginia minus three against Texas. I like the Lions this week, laying three against the Bears. And I like the Patriots, and the number has gone up a little bit. I got it at six and a half, so it's under a touchdown, but now it's sitting at seven. That uh, All of those games I find to be very play-worthy.
1: Uh, all right. I, uh, I was thinking about the Georgia over. That's where I was going to go with my lock of the week. Huh. I feel like they're just going to put up easily 40 points on Kentucky. Um, and I think Kentucky themselves will be able to put some points up. So I like uh... georgia in the over which is at fifty and a half right now mm-hmm. um, i would imagine they'll cover that twenty one but i'm not making that one of my plays i haven't seen enough of duke to feel strongly about the georgia tech play uh... or any of the others that you listed west virginia minus three lions minus three and patriots minus seven although yeah. i do have detroit included on a total play so college-wise this is another huge number, but i just i just don't see how Oklahoma doesn't <laughs> put up like ninety on Kansas. they're laying thirty seven
0: i I went down um, that road last week uh, what's that the uh the, 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 the bet against Kansas way yeah I, I know I know, but I mean that's a Texas team that i
1: just I, I i the weird thing is Oklahoma's had or excuse me Kansas had a couple games where you feel like it, they could like lose by a record total I think it was t c u last year, and they widen up playing them tight. I just can't. But who knows? But I'm all over Oklahoma minus 37. A uh, couple of totals in college football that I really like uh, to add to my Ohio State and Oklahoma plays. Uh, love the over on Rutgers, Indiana, of 47, and love the over on Syracuse and Louisville at 72. Uh, so add that along with Georgia and the over of 50 and a half on those plays. And I am going to give a three-team NFL teaser. Uh, and that is the under on Detroit and Chicago. We- weather's going to be really crappy around the NFL this weekend, um, especially, you know, games north of where I am. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, all over the place. It's high winds in Chicago. Uh, I don't expect the Bears to do a whole lot other than just try and run the football as it is. Um, and if they do try to throw, you have Mitch Trubrisky and nobody to throw to. So under 50 and a 50-and-a-half, uh, when you tease that up uh, with a three-team teaser, Love the over of 41, teased down uh, for Washington, New Orleans, teased down from 51 with the 10 points for the three-team teaser, and then the under of 47 on Jacksonville and Cleveland. I like that under as it is at 37, but when you can knock it up to 47 and take the under, I love that. Those conditions in Cleveland are expected to be horrible. And what's Cleveland going to do against Jacksonville's defense?
0: The conditions and the is? team is, is horrible. So, I mean, yeah. you've got everything working against them. So,
1: I really, really like that. So, ideally, I'm hitting on some of these things. I feel terribly about how poor I've been. I guess when I look at our records, though, I mean, you're above 500. It's yeah. 40 and 37. You wouldn't do be better anybody. than that, but still, it's not bad. But 36 and 41, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's still just, ugh, I just. I'm just disappointed. Uh, that's only 46.8 percent against the spread. And then I think maybe with the smarts, the worst is that usually I'm above 500. At least I think I am pretty comfortably in my locks. And we're both five and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just piss poor. So hopefully we give people value with the plays this weekend. Um, and uh, you've given some soccer plays as well. So. Yeah. Uh, there it all is, uh, producer Joe. Thank you for coming into the KirkwoodHomeLoanExpert dot com studios on a uh, on a Thursday evening, and the Sea Monster as well, who I uh, know is there on the ones and twos.
0: My first time ever here. At, uh, what do you think? It's really nice. It, uh, I know. How about that? A little different than what we're used to. Yeah, I <laughs> back, mean back uh, in your glory days. This is uh, this is considerably different than a sex shop. Uh, or right. above a sex shop in any way, shape. It's really nice. I'm, I'm, have you
1: dined at our restaurant, Kirkwood Brewhouse, next door?
0: I have not. I uh, Good treats
1: in there, bro. Good I've heard. Hey, there, listen, bro.
0: I, I've heard. There will be a time when I come out here and dine. And, uh, you know, it's just a, it's a little bit farther away from my house. It's really close to yours, which is really good for you. Um, that, uh, yeah, it's really, it's just, it's nice. The patio looks fantastic. I like being able to, and we're just in the podcast studio, so we're not right next to the patio, but uh, it looks fantastic
1: that's yeah, a nice little setup there I'm glad you got a chance to see it thank you for coming in while I am uh, out of town uh, I thought of
0: you earlier today by the way uh, what is this called picking and moaning or something so, picking and groaning ah uh, sure so I did have something to groan about and oh sweet what do we have so I was at I was out of town all week and I was flying back this morning from beautiful Hartford Connecticut wow. and
1: uh, how many stops did you have to take in order to get to st. Louis uh,
0: I had I stayed on the plane we had a little we touched down in Chicago for about 30 minutes and uh, then back into St. Louis, and I'm glad we actually stopped because as you're getting on the plane, and I, I, I was right on time with my check-in stuff yesterday with the Southwest thing, and I still was B-29, so I knew I would get an aisle seat or a, or a window seat, and I was all right there, but I heard the worst words as I was sitting down of, we do have a full flight today, so everybody please you know, make sure that you have room for, you don't leave your stuff on your seat, that type of stuff. So I know the flight's full, and now I'm playing the game of I've got a, myself, I'm sitting window and uh, a a petite woman sitting in the aisle and I'm playing the game as people are walking onto the plane of, all right, I could live with this person sitting next to me. Please, you know, please don't be the person that sits next to me. And I, I had the biggest passenger on the plane be the one that ends up between us two. And he overflowed his seat into mine. And a couple elbows here. It was just, it was a miserable experience. And uh, it made me think of you and bad traveling experiences that you've had, that this one, this was probably my worst. And thank goodness he got off in Chicago. But even if he wasn't, I was getting up and changing seats. So the layover there actually worked to my benefit, uh, where I at least had 45 minutes of flight time, not uh, losing about three quarters or a half of my seat
1: see now i'm I'm super empathetic because I'm traveling with a uh, two month old
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh soon to be three month old and uh and he flew for the first time when we flew down here last week and he did great, but I used to like <laughs> you know do everything I could to avoid children of any age really and now I'm like I'm the guy bringing a child on um and I feel terribly about the whole thing. But what am I going to do? I mean, there's nothing I can do. I can't talk to the person. He's he's a young tyke. He doesn't <laughs> understand a damn thing I'm saying. So I'm empathetic to the parents who have uh, have to deal with that.
0: My I uh, was not empathetic today in any way, shape, or form. And like the 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 Southwest people are walking by. Do you want water? Do you want a snack? And I just shook my head no. And I'm like, I I effing them about the guy. And they're not going to say anything to him. That's the biggest problem I have with it is that if you can't contain yourself to one seat, you should have to buy two. I mean, it, it, it's common sense. You don't get to use some of mine. I paid for mine. You paid for yours. You don't get to take some of mine from me. But it's like the last thing anyone's ever going to say to anybody who's overweight for fear that they're going to upset them. Customer be damned on the other end of it.
1: So he was literally in your seat?
0: Oh, yeah. he was. He, he's, his roles were underneath. He struggled to get his seatbelt on. I thought they were going to have to get the second seatbelt. Uh, or the extender. It was really, really terrible. And, you know, and then I would be made to feel terrible if I said, look, dude, you only get your seat. Then I would be the bad guy too. But it's the truth. Everyone's thinking it, but no one wants to say it. It sucks. Well, perhaps he's streaming. I doubt uh, it. You don't think so? I I think think he probably misses out on this one.
1: (laughs) He's missing out on fabulous soccer picks and me going, you know, what, 40% against the number this weekend. Dude hasn't
0: missed a meal in, like, Five years.
1: Producer Joe, giving his thoughts on the gentleman next to him. I hope somebody's not bitching about my son on their podcast where they pick <laughs> games terribly. Yeah, if, you don't hear
0: it. if you don't hear it, it's not real.
1: <laughs> Producer Joe, uh, Monster, thank you so much for uh, holding down the fort in St. Louis. Hey, what are we doing
0: it- next week? We'll talk professionally. How are we going to do this with Thanksgiving week next week? Are we Are going to record on Wednesday? Yeah, I would imagine
1: that's the way to handle it. Handled. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think that's ABC Poker. Works for me. All right. God bless. Thank you, boys. Bye, buddy.